1: Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. All right, here we are at Virtual Sundance 2022. My name is John Wildman. I'm the editor-in-chief of FilmsGoneWild.com, joined by the Bitch Talk podcast, two-some of Erin Lim and Angela Tabora. And right now we are going to have another We've got just a series of fantastic documentaries. This is another great one. Free Chol Su Lee is the title of the documentary. And we have the uh, directing team behind that, Julie Ha and Eugene Yi. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having, for
2: having us. It's great to be here.
1: Okay. Now, you know, and I always wonder if, 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 the, if when we have two directors, if you guys did like a rock, paper, scissors to decide who's going to take these kind of jobs, <laughs> but one of you Uh, we want you to describe the film to our audience who has not seen it as yet. So who's going to take the honors to tell us about Free Choo Suli?
2: I can do that. So Free Choo Suli is a film about a Korean immigrant uh, in 1970, San Francisco, who went to prison for a murder he didn't commit. And it's about the movement that sprang up to free him. He would be in prison for 10 years uh, before they were able to get him out. But he would struggle once he came on, once he came out, not just because he'd been in prison for 10 years and because of the institutionalization of that experience, but because of the expectations of the community as well, and how much he'd become a symbol for for the entire Asian American community. And so our film explores that relationship between the man and the movement he inspired. And also explores the question of just what happens to the man after the movement is done.
0: Ange and I live in San Francisco, and it was great to see all that archival footage. Um, but I wanted to know about the choice of the narrator and the narration throughout the film, if either one of you can talk about who this person is and, and why you both made that choice. Sure. His name is um, Sebastian Yoon, um, and I'm sure you'll agree that he, he does a really a beautiful job. Um, and brings such an emotional authenticity. Um, he's not a professional actor. Um, our brilliant producer, Sue Kim, um, is the one who discovered Sebastian. She, was, um, she went to an, an event for um, a documentary series called College Behind Bars. And that um, follows um, incarcerated men and women who take part in um, a program that allows them to attend college classes and earn their degrees while incarcerated. And Sebastian was one of the people featured in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was on a panel at that event speaking and Sue was just really just moved so much um, by his honesty, his openness. Um, and then um, she, just, she, she just sort of had this in- instinct that he could be the voice of Su Lee. Um, and so she told us about him and, um, and we reached out and he, he, um, he responded quite quickly. You know that he was interested, um, and then we sent him a copy of Cholsoo Lee's published memoir, and he read it, and he said he was he was he just could identify so much with Cholsu's story, um, and he came on board and um, just really embraced um, embraced uh, the process and the role, even though um, I'm sure it was very hard for him um, to revisit some of the trauma from his own incarceration. Um, but he said he really wanted to advocate so strongly to make sure that people could understand what Cholsuli went through, you know, because it's so easy for all of us to judge. Like, why did this guy, like, you know, after, like, like he had a whole movement of people, like working, you know, for him for years to free him. And then why did he mess up so much after his release? And um, Sebastian really wanted to make sure that people could sort of just, just listen to him. Try to understand what he went through, everything he had to overcome, um, and and, bef- and you know, versus passing judgment so quickly. And so Sebastian just really um, helped us. Like he worked with us on script development, even uh, you know, um, revising our script that we had for Chulsooli to make sure we could bring out not just the physical violence of the person, but the emotional trauma, you know, the depression, the loneliness. And so um, we feel so fortunate, um, I, I thank Sue all the time just for for having this amazing idea and connecting us with him because, you know, we felt like finally when he came on, um, Eugene and I could have sort of that security of knowing like, okay, um, as hard as we've worked to make sure Chelsea's voice comes through, this this was sort of that final p- missing piece that we needed to feel like we could do it. Sebastian had me on the verge of tears just the whole time. (laughs) Just really a beautiful, powerful performance. And I I think um, I I love when Chol Suli, he's being interviewed, and he says something along the lines of, you know, when I was outside of prison, I, I wasn't an angel, but I also wasn't the devil. As we all are, you know um, so I, I want to know about your your process in showing those two sides of him without making it feel forced
2: that's a that's a great question, because um, it really was a difficult balance um, that that we had to we had to navigate. There was just uh, a, all this material that was really quite intimate of Chol Suli of phone calls that he had had with the reporter that that we use later in the film. There's, of course, that video footage, and then there's the memoir and and the memoir is hundreds of pages long. so So how do you emphasize? Um, how do you emphasize something that makes him feel like a coherent character? Um, I really just have to give credit to our editing team. They were just so, so amazing in terms of helping craft, uh, a coherent picture of who he was, um, that Aldo Velasco, Gene Chan, our co-editor, Anita Yu, um, it just really was so it, in the earlier versions, uh, it was really hard to get a bead on Chul Su, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because there was just so much material from so many places, but they just really winnowed it down until we really got a sense of who he was. And I think they, I just can't thank them enough for the job they did.
1: You know, um, I, I love asking the question when we have directing tandems of who did what exactly, and you know who was responsible for what. And, and in the case of the two of you you, know, um, you, you know, here we got what, Eugene, this is your first film. And, exactly. and, and Julie, your first documentary, correct? So, so now you, we, we have, you know, you know, two two filmmakers that are either new to the form, new to the and or just new to it completely, who are now teaming up. And so, tell tell us about how you sorted things out between you um, throughout the course of filming.
0: I'm from a journalism background, print journalism, <laughs> and so I've never worked on a film at all before. But Eugene is actually, you know, at least he's worked in. And um, on documentary films before, so he had some some experience to draw from. For me, it was completely new, <laughs> and um, I think it was good that I was completely naive about how hard it would be, uh, because otherwise, maybe I would have said no. I've do this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it took us six years, as you probably heard. It took us six years to make this film, um, but I just, you know, um, really, we. W- I know we worked our hearts out. Um, I think, um, in terms of like, at least being able to, um, you know, rely on like the the things that were familiar to me were like story research reporting and things like that. Um, and, um, but you know, like, as Eugene was saying, it's like, I, I like to talk about also like the, the fact that this was not like a solo or a duo. This was actually like a chorus of people just like, just like the movement, you know, you can't just cite one person or two people. It was like the whole movement that made it successful. And I, I feel like we've mimicked the movement, you know, it took us six years to make this film. And it was like, because so many people came in and like the story moved them so much that they were willing to like put their all into it, that they, you know, put their, their passion and their creativity. Um, and, and that's why we were able to, to complete the film that we did. You know. Yeah, I appreciated, obviously, the, the main story. But I, I thought the sub story of investigative journalism was really important to layer into this because the times we're living in are very interesting. Um, and now knowing Julie, you, you work in news, just wanting to know, um, was, that, was, that, um, was that something that was in the story ahead of time? Or was it something that kind of sprinkled itself while you were working on the doc for six years? Oh, we always knew that um the journalist KW Lee who does that investigative mm-hmm. um journalism would be a key character in the film. Um, I don't know if you know but he's actually a very influential figure for Eugene and me. He's my mentor of 30 years. He's he's the person who inspired me to become a journalist in the first place. I met mm-hmm. him when I was 18 years old. Wow. He is quite a he's quite the force of nature if you ever meet him yeah. in person. He's <laughs> 93 now. Um but he, he's also just the most, he has the most impressive um, journalism background. You know, he cover, he's a Korean immigrant. He covered the um, Jim Crow South. Uh, and as oh. he says, the Yellow Peril West. And then when you meet somebody, um, the first journalist that you meet in your life is like a Korean immigrant whose series of stories helped trigger a landmark Asian American movement to free a wrongfully convicted man from death row Suddenly, like your whole world changes, yeah. your whole worldview, you're, you're just transformed from that point on. And um, you start, I started to, it, it lit a fire inside of me. Mm. And I want, that's why I wanted to become a journalist. And also just, you know, you start to think about like, what, what are our roles, all of our roles in creating a more just society, you know? And so, yeah, we always knew K.W. Lee would just be a key figure. And he, you know, it was not just like his investigation. And, um, and by the way, like he worked for six months to look into this case, um, to see, you know, to, to see if is Chol- if Chol- Tuli, in fact innocent of this crime. Um, and um, his city editor at the time was like, didn't want him to do the story because he was the chief investigative reporter for a Sacramento newspaper and this crime happened in San Francisco. Okay. And so, you know, he had to really, you know, fight to do this. He had to 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 look into it in his free time you know, on weekends and after work. Um, but but he but he did it. And um I think, you know, when you think of k w two, it's not just his journalism. Chol su actually like aroused something in inside himself. He says, um, he sort of like um, brought out his latent Korean identity because KW had just worked in mainstream newspapers all his life, you know, and and there weren't that many Koreans that he would come into contact with, other Korean immigrants. So he felt an immediate bond with Chol And so they had a very intimate relationship beyond just reporter and subject. Um, he became sort of almost like a father figure. So we just knew that relationship had to be, you know, um, it's just something that foregrounded the film.
1: Yeah, can can you... Tell me everything about American civil rights attorney Tony Sarah because (laughs) he is just such a character. And I feel like not only for
0: Chol Su's case, but also for this film, he just brings a pop of energy that kind of ignites something. Did you ever I mean, see that film true believer
2: <laughs> that's what i was gonna ask <laughs> no well that yeah i mean that was the film that was made in, uh in the years following the the Chosu lee case and it was a case that actually focused on tony sarah as the main character played by james l woods um <clears throat> and the film did not highlight the importance of the asian american community it did not Include really the movement in any way, and Kw certainly wasn't in the film as well. Mm. So, so I mean, Tony Sarah is an incredible figure, um, you know. But the the thing that he said that to us that that struck me was that he, you know, he's a surgeon. He comes in and does his job, and he goes from case to case and does his job. And so that was the extent of his involvement with the case. I mean, he's an incredible presence in the courtroom, clearly, and we're, we're thrilled that we were able to get some of that into the film. But what we're happy about with our film right now is that we're able to sort of elevate, elevate the contributions of people like KW, of the community, and just sort of create this much more holistic and capacious portrait of what that moment in time was really like.
1: Well, again, uh, you know, what, one of the remarkable things about the film to me is that, you know, as you're watching, you're going, well... Um you know, we this, this case has been you know remarkably soft, so I guess we're going to you know we're done now. And there's so much more that go, that goes on, and I think that that's to your credit um, to, to both of you, that you're able to, you know, interweave something, Uh, you know, that that, that brings in elements like to me, it it reminded me a lot of like the the Rodney King thing, in fact, of, you know, again, you know, this person has to be an advocate. Are they prepared to be an advocate? Are they equipped? And, you know, and and that goes so far beyond just the simple dramatic nature of, you know, of of getting someone who's wrongfully um, incarcerated out. Uh, There's just a lot to chew on with the film. Uh, Congratulations on it. Again, the film title is, Free Chol Su Lee. We've been talking to the directors Julie Ha and Eugene Lee. The film is screening at virtual Sundance 2022. Thank you both for being with us. Thank
2: you, Thank Thank you so much. much.
0: If you like what you hear,
1: rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created by hosted and
1: executive produced by Erin Lim.
0: My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.